Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. However, you're taking us in, we appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander, it's Wyatt Tomchek in for the vacationing Kelly Bidlin who is uh, trying to make his way back across the country. Has he had any travel issues? Do we know? We have not heard from him. So I'm going to say that he's good. <laughs> he, I texted with him. He's like, oh, yeah, I just saw something in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I was like, what are you talking about? So I don't know if he's uh, on his way back or not. But he'll be we, – we assume he will be back tomorrow. If I'm in this chair tomorrow, that means uh, – That means I'm win, win a miss. By the way, how many, how many uh, shows do I have to produce to be uh, the next uh... – Oh, three months to be a number. All right, I'm yeah. three shows down. Three shows oh, down. They don't add up. You have to do them consecutively. Oh, look, yeah. look, can I get a can I get a review on this? Uh, You're the judge, jury. I believe I'm the dictator on Darn this it. one. Sorry. Yeah. Still to come this hour. By the way, uh, Wyatt has done a phen- phenomenal job uh, booking the show because we have Will Hill. Will Hill has what seven plays that he wants to give us here coming up. Feels like he keeps Something texting like me every five minutes. He's, Got he's... more plays. The guy's all over the place in multiple sports, so we look forward to that. Adam Kramer on college bowls. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. And uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is VEASAN's own host of the uh, Pro Football Blitz, a gentleman who was a national champion at the University of Colorado. He was a first-round pick in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons, caught 422 passes over his NFL career, over 5,000 yards, 26 touchdowns. Count them. And yet is the nicest guy in any room. It's Mike Pritchard, everybody. How you doing, Mike? I'm great. How are you, Gil? I'm doing very well, man. Thank you for Absolutely. Uh, for always spending the time. I have many a question for you as someone who played okay. the game. Because we, we get to this little interesting moment in the NFL season with two weeks left 
where we have all these different situations. And I'm curious over the span of your career, how many of these kinds of scenarios you were involved with. Let's take the Jaguars and the Titans, respectively. Neither of them really have to do anything this week. It's all going to come down next week for them when they play each other. Have you ever been in a situation like that? And if so, what do you think? How do you, how do you think Mike Vrabel and Doug Peterson approach this in their respective games against the Cowboys and in the Jaguars case? Who are the Jaguars playing? I forgot already. Oh, the Texans. The Texans, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, Peterson's in a newer situation uh, because he's in, you know, taking over for this uh, Urban Meyer and this team, this young team, and you're trying to create a certain standard. Uh, and that's the best way to describe it, Gil, right now is uh, I think if you are a young, not a young coach, but a, a coach in a new situation with a younger team, you, you have to make sure they don't slip uh, because a, a lot of athletes, a lot of younger players, uh, they establish things early on in their career that, that could possibly happen. But then all of a sudden they slip uh, for whatever reason. And so I don't know if you go into this game timid uh, against um, Houston I think if anything, the Jaguars, they really focus in on what they're doing well right now and run and execute their core plays. I don't know if that means a lot of scoring, uh, but certainly uh, making sure they don't slip from a standard standpoint. Vrabel, I like this challenge for Vrabel because he's got to get Malik Willis ready. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you think about this, this is a chance, 10 and a half, 10 points uh, to catch that because what we've seen of Malik Willis so far has been... Uh, JV-esque. I mean, it hasn't <laughs> been varsity at all. Uh, and so I would think against the Dallas Cowboys and on a short week, uh, you know, obviously a condensed game plan, but you have to get them ready for that big game. And you're going to have some extra time too after this one, uh, after that big game against Dallas for that big game, getting ready for Jacksonville. So uh, I, I'm leaning towards that situation and that angle with Malik Willis trying to be ready for that big game at the end of the year. So I like the 10 points here. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think both teams have reasons to play it out. And in terms of betting, probably the Jaguars are the one that feels better anyway uh, yeah. of the two, just sort of right. reading between the lines there. The other one is this notion of, you know, must-win situations, which uh, I spoke about with uh, Steve Fezzik on the show yesterday a little bit, which, you know, my buddy Dr. Bob, who's a, who's a handicapper, always like, well, Gil, if they're in a must-win situation, it means that they must not be that good. That's his sort of flippant <laughs> way of saying it. And, and Fez was, was great because he was talking about, from a betting standpoint, how, well, there is a motivational thing to it. And so, you know, early in the week, you can probably exploit those lines for the team that, that has that situation, whereas later in the week, when that gets, you know, sort of bet, uh, you know, and sort of pounded by the market, that then the value sort of goes against them. Were you in that situation here with a couple weeks left in the season, any of your NFL seasons with the, with the three teams you played for? And was there a general feeling those weeks? Did you feel extra pressure? Did you feel like because you were in that situation, you weren't actually as good as you wanted to be? Like what was, what was swirling around your head in those moments? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we played, um, first year we had Coach Holmgren up in Seattle. We played the Jets. Uh, on the road uh, and all we had to do was win and we're in the playoffs and we ended up losing that game we actually backdoored into the playoffs and backdoored into winning the division uh, because the Broncos and the Raiders were duking it out and, and I believe the Raiders beat Kansas City uh, on a field goal if I can remember correctly and so we we uh, became the AFC West champions at the times so, uh, actually was it yeah the AFC West back then so um yeah, I, you know, I think, I don't know if it was a pressured situation in New York, 
Uh, and the reason why we lost that game, but we did not execute like we should have. Uh, we had a great week of practice and, and certainly uh, the buildup was there. Hey, you win and you're in the playoffs in that scenario, but we ended up losing. Uh, so I, I, I think a lot of times the nature of the game and, and we see it played out, like go back to the Patriots and the Raiders uh, and which Jacoby Myers threw the ball, you know, Stevenson uh, pitched it. Most players are panicky. I guess that's the best way of, of answering your question. So if players are panicky and they're not as poised, I think you can identify that as, as betters, right? The tendency to panic, the tendency to make mistakes, the tendency for penalties or turnovers. If that stuff repeatedly happens, then that's the nature of that football team and that search, that situation. So that's what I would look for. Um, the pressure is going to be there. The buildup is going to be there. It's just the response to all that. I think can give you an angle as a better. So let me let me hone in on one game specifically that involves two teams that are on the outside looking in in that situation and ask, who do you trust the most in the Jets-Seahawks games, both of whom are respectively on the outside looking in and must win um, to have a shot to get into the postseason. The Jets are two-point favorites on the road with Mike White now as their quarterback. Who do you trust more here? I actually trust the Jets, uh, believe it or not, because if you look at Seattle, Seattle has regressed. We know that Seattle is searching for answers or searching for direction uh, with all these injuries, uh, offensively Lockett or, or Walker when he was banged up. Uh, Gino has regressed, too. Uh, and so in that scenario, there's there's hints of panic. There's hints of of uh, lack of execution. There's hints of, OK, scratching the head. OK, how do we make things better? How do we how do we make things right? The Jets, on the other hand, have been steady. They just had had this revolving door at quarterback, right? And, you know, the whole Zach Wilson stuff. Like, if Mike White doesn't get hurt, I think the Jets are okay. Uh, and now the Jets are going to feel like they're okay because White's coming back. Uh, and to me, that's going to lift that team up. And so, I mean, I've always liked Seattle and the dog situation because I could tease them. Uh, and, but the Jets, I mean, I think the Jets are rightly uh, uh, the favorite here. Uh, with that defense, I mean, I, I think that's going to be bothersome for the Seahawks in this game. Let me ask you about another scenario, because, again, there's there's multiple situations here with two weeks left. The Bears. The Bears now, all of a sudden, a half a game better. Got to always get the words <laughs> right here, right? A half right. a game better than the Texans. Currently, the Texans would be on the clock for the NFL draft. So, you know, let's well, it's the Bears and the Texans, specifically. Right. Teams in that situation, which I don't know if you were in a, on any teams that were quite in that situation, but this notion, because we throw them around, we're like, okay, you know, we're not in the locker room, but we sort of say, hey, if I were the owner and I was the uh, the Texans, you know, organization, I would sort of get the word to lovey, and it's not the players on the field. We understand the players on the field are going to try, but it was sort of like the end, the end of an NBA season where when it was a tank, a palooza sort of thing, where it's, it's not the players on the court, but the coaches and the front office can sort of manipulate it in a way where you don't give your team the best shot at winning, so to speak. Do you believe that the Texans would, do, would actually get that word across, or do you believe that that's actually overblown by many of us? Do I believe the Texans would order the code red? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. One thousand percent. I mean, think about that franchise. It, it is it's been a garbage franchise for a long time. It really has been. Um, and what they have not had, you know, they obviously had Deshaun Watson, but that didn't end uh, in any uh, positive way. 
the GM, I mean, the whole culture, ever since uh, McNair has passed, ha- has been a losing one and no direction. And, and, you know, a lot of times in an organization like that, they need a beacon. They need a quarterback. And uh, there's a few quarterbacks at the top of the list that they can have a choice from. And so do you want a chance of, uh, of of minimizing that, uh, you know, if you go out and win, uh, you're not bettering your football team. You don't get better from an organizational standpoint. So you do what's best for the organization. If you ever hear that quote, uh, uh, Gil, that's a business decision quote. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, the Bears, they don't need a quarterback. We know that. So that, but, was, uh, that was the distinction I was going to make. So the Texans yeah. clearly, right, like they've got to pick the quarterback they want. Right. It is a quarterback-heavy draft. But the Bears think they've got their guy, so – they're not going to. They're not as focused on that. You don't think that they would be like, well, we still want the number one pick. It's not as big a deal for them. No, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, I think if you're Houston, you want to control that situation because people, if you lose the Bears at number one, all of a sudden people can trade up and and go get the guy that you want. So if you're Houston, don't blow the opportunity to get the player that you absolutely believe can help your franchise get better. All right, we got 20 seconds, Mike. This is a very personal question for me. You think the okay. Commanders? You think the Commanders are getting to the postseason, or you think they're out? Ah. Uh, I, I think there's a, a slight hope, uh, Gil, to be honest <laughs> with you. A like, slight hope. <laughs> a sli- I read between the lines on that, too, yes, Mike. Yes, you did. Thank uh, you, Mike. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank that was very you. kind of See, I told him he's the nicest guy in the room. He couldn't even break, he couldn't even break my spirit. Mike Pritchard, everybody, from a Pro Football Blitz right here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll come back. Will Hill, and I, when I said he has seven picks, I wasn't lying. I think it's at least six. It's six or seven picks. We'll do those next. Adam Kramer on today's Bowl Games and Beyond, and Jason Weingarten. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. 
From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. College bowl season is here. VSIN has you covered. We have picks, spreads, and totals for every single bowl game. Head to VSIN.com and check out all our bowl betting coverage while you're there. Now's a great time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79. You get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Visit slash subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I wasn't kidding when I said he's got tons of picks for us. So without further ado, you can follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. That's with two E's and the V. It is VSIN contributor William Hilliam, everybody. How you doing, Will? Gilly Ice, what's going on, man? How's it going? It's going well. By the way, Gilly Ice uh, got beat on the tennis court yesterday. Just want to point that out. Start out things. I Todd. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but here's the thing with this. He so we bet when we play, right? All we do is bet. That's the only point. It's like we want to get fit, but we're also betting. I have won so much money from him because he so overrates how much better he is, right? So, like, he jokes, he's like, you come from a long line of great negotiator skill, which is a euphemism or something else. But he, but I just, all I do is win money from the dude. So, that's the whole point. But he beat you yesterday. I'm sure he wasn't annoying about it, at least. Oh, not at all. Couldn't be. No. Couldn't be less annoying. Please. All right, Will, let's get to it because you got tons of these, man. Uh, let us begin with college football today. You, sir, like Kansas. I do. Uh, I just think Arkansas was completely raided by the uh, the transfer portal. Kansas, this is going to be a big deal for them again. You get in trouble sometimes playing amateur psychologists with these balls, but Kansas can move the ball. They can score. And as we know, Arkansas lost to Liberty. If you watched Liberty play last week, that uh, that speaks for itself. So I will take Kansas here. There's still some threes out there starting to tick down to two and a half. So obviously three uh, is much better than two and a half. But I do like Kansas plus the points. I think Kansas beats them. Right, because the, the uninitiated would be like, Kansas against an SEC team? Are you kidding me? But it's because of the opt-outs that you're making this play. All right. Yeah. College hoops, you have a play as well. The fighting Jeff Parlays are getting three and a half at Kentucky. It's funny. Kentucky's lost three games. They're not, you know, it's not the dominant Kentucky of five, six, seven, eight years ago when, when Cal Perry took over even you know longer than that. Uh, they've lost three games, and they're shooting almost 40% from three, so you figure there's a little three-point regression coming, uh, especially on the road now in conference play. Probably won't shoot it as well, so Missouri's got a good team. They're 11-1. and one. They buried Illinois a few weeks back, so uh, I like the far- fighting parlays here, plus the, uh, plus the three. I think you can get some hooks out there, plus the three and a half. The fighting parlays in Ben Wilson's of Mizzou. Yes, oh, sorry to do that to Ben, of yes, course. please. Also a grad. Uh, all right, let's get to the National Football League in Week 17. you got a bevy of picks here, beginning with one that I immediately bet during guessing lines when the, when the line was revealed, which is Carolina plus three. You're all about that as well. The Buccaneers are a hideous, hideous football team. How Arizona let them off the map. Oh. I know it was McSorley, but my goodness, how many times is Tampa going to do this where Arizona, first of all, there's four minutes left in the game. You got a third string quarterback who doesn't belong in the NFL and you're snapping it with 18, 20 seconds left on the play clock with the game clock running brutal uh, Tampa. Just they can't continue to get away with this. This is a bad football team. Uh, I, I'm betting this almost out of spite, but I do think Carolina is <laughs> equal or better than them. 
and it's frustrating as Me somebody too. who has Panthers division tickets. Man, they could have wrapped up the division with a win this week and Philly beating the Saints. The Panthers would be division champs if Arizona just held on. Oh. Now Carolina's going to have to win at Tampa, at the Saints. Not impossible. I do think they win this week. Winning that second one, it's almost trickier winning in New Orleans, winning that second in a row in, on the road. But uh, this is just a fate of Tampa, who is just a dreadful football team. They're horrible. They stink. Oh. I like how you uh, phrase that. You're like, they can't keep getting away with this. I <laughs> love that. Um, Panthers are just a better team, dude. Could you imagine, like, just think about the postseason. The notion of a team going to play at Tampa versus a team going to play at Carolina. The Carolina game will be fascinating. Like, they would be live to actually compete in that game. I don't know that Tampa Bay would, fast-forwarding to a postseason game. So you're, you're all about the Panthers plus three. All right, let's go to the Titans. We just talked about that, this game with Pritch and how, you know, Mike Vrabel's got to figure out what he's got in Malik Willis. You are, you are not bullish, to say the least, on Malik Willis. Uh, if somebody wants to give Mike Vrabel my phone number, he can call me. I can tell him what he has in Malik Willis. I've watched him play. <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, my way to attack this, Titans team totals under 13 and a half. Look, if you score 14 points and beat me, you beat me. Uh, I'll live with it. I just don't think that kid, forget not being ready. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I would actually, and as somebody with Jags division tickets, I'm fearful they go to Josh Dobbs. Not that I, I know much about Josh Dobbs or if he's the answer or anything, but uh, I know Willis is not the answer. So I'm curious. I, I have a feeling they roll Josh Dobbs out there at some point tomorrow and, and maybe play him against the Jaguars because Willis uh, is not the guy, and, and Henry's probably not going to play tomorrow. So Dallas probably wins this game, wins it comfortably. I know Bosa's pulled away in defensive player of the year, and obviously he's rightfully favored, but this is a kind of game where uh, with this offense, and you know you could put offense in parentheses and quotation marks for, uh, for the Titans because it's not much of an offense. If you don't have Henry going and you play Willis, you know, this is a situation where Parsons could get some, you know, pack the stat sheet, whether it's interceptions, forced fumbles, maybe a defensive touchdown, and uh, perhaps get back into this race. We've seen people the last week of the season, last couple weeks of the season, uh, come on strongly in these awards races. Remember, it was Chase last year in week 17, had a monster game against the Chiefs and went from being a huge underdog to yep. a huge favorite for the year. So uh, I do like the Titans team total under and, and take a look and see if Dobbs plays tomorrow. It'd be interesting. Team total under. 13 and a half. Oh, that's not a fun bet to live through, but yet yeah. uh, going under on the 13 out of the Titans. And by the way, on the Parsons note, from your lips to God, as some would say, oh. because as I had a, I had a plus 650 pre-flop, which is not as good of a number as some others had on Parsons. And has every bet gone from, oh my God, it's a lock to just getting crushed in such a small amount of time. But that speaks to what you're saying. It can also reverse in a quick amount of time as well. So... We shall see. Let's go to the NFC playoff picture because you have multiple bets that surround this. First of all, the Packers, who need to win, taking on the Vikings. You uh, have a thought on the total here. I like the over. The Vikings are an over team. Um, they just, they are dreadful. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the other team, whether it's Jones, uh, you know, any of these t teams just move the ball at will against the Vikings. I mean, the Giants were down eight. Late in that game, the crowd's going crazy in Minnesota. They went down the field, got the touchdown, got the two, and I think like 45 seconds, they're giving up over 400 yards per game. And 
Uh, the Vikings can do their part on the other end on offense to keep up and, you know, put up points when, when they fall behind with their passing game. So to me, this is like a, you know, 31-24 type of game. I think this game will be into the 50s, so I think you can get it. Uh, 48 and a half to me, this game's into the 50s, so this isn't over. I think the Packers will score their points, and I think Minnesota uh, will be able to keep up to some extent. I do think Green Bay beats them, but to me, this isn't over. The Vikings are just uh, an over team. Vikings, it, it bears repeating because it's such a historical uh, anomaly. 12 and 3 with a plus 5 point differential, 11 and 0 in one score games. Uh, no matter how far ahead they are, the other team will come back. All right, uh, let's go to the Lions. The Lions in the proverbial must win situation. They're a half game out of the uh, NFC playoff picture. They're taking on the Bears. They're laying six. Your thoughts here? I don't like laying six with a bad defense, but I do like betting teams the week after they got embarrassed. And boy, they got embarrassed against Carolina. Give up 500 yards against that team. That's a that's a tough one. I do think they'll respond. You know, you could play the Lions. To me, this is a fate of the Bears. The Bears they traded away guys on defense. That was a bad defense to begin with. They're banged up in the secondary. The Lions at home, I've made this comparison. They're like the Rockies at home in Coors Field where they're just going to score a ton of points at home. So I, I think the Lions probably get into the 30s, maybe a Lions team total over 29.5. But I'm okay laying the six. Again, I don't love laying it with a bad defense, but you're coming off a really bad performance. Um, I, I think the Lions probably win this game by 10 or so points. So either Lions minus six, Lions team total over, probably play a little bit on both. But I do like Detroit here. What could go wrong? What could possibly Nothing. go wrong? Nothing. All right, I love this last one, as you know. We'll uh, crescendo to this. But now, earlier on the show, what I talked about was, you know, we had a pro tip also on yes-no playoff situations and how when you see the Lions at plus 350, when you see the Packers at plus 175, like the books have done all the math. There are no there are no freebies here. But in the case of the Washington, <clears throat> pardon me, the why I get so emotional just talking yeah, about it. Yeah, up, I know. Uh, 91 skins. The Washington football team, <clears throat> the taco holders, they only need to win twice. So there's not really this multi-leg parlay. It's just they got to win this week and they got to win next week. Home against the Browns and home against the Dallas Cowboys, who may not have anything to play for. There are other scenarios where they could lose one of them and still get in, but let's just talk about the they just got to win the two. They are actually somewhat properly priced, and you like them to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you're right for the most part, but just to go back to your original point, I think you're giving the books a little too much credit because when Tannehill was ruled out for the season, the Jags were plus 150 to win the division, plus 150 to get in the playoffs for a long time at some of these books. Sometimes these secondary markets don't get uh, hit right away, so you can catch the books with their pants down. Washington was plus 200, I think, Sunday night, Monday morning. Now they've ticked down to plus 180. One shop has them plus 155. Plus 155 is not good enough, but hey, plus 180. You know, you're right on that edge. I just think directionally here, Washington gets the final spot just because this is a winnable matchup, even with Wentz at quarterback. And then you're probably going to get Dallas next week in Washington with Dallas with nothing to play for. So uh, I think Washington has a good path. Again, do the math, you know, see if the money line parlay rollover will be, uh, will be better. But I do think Washington gets the final spot. You know me, Will, always giving the books too much credit. Never at odds with sports books. Not me. No, sir. There's no evidence of that. All right. So that's how many picks? How many did we just go through? College basketball Seven, play. Eight, all of them. College football play. Five, count them five, I believe, in the National Football League. That's seven. All right, Will Hill, well done. All right, Will, uh, enjoy. I think I'm on the uh, Kansas play with you as well. Haven't put it in the Let's account yet, but I think I'll, it'll be there uh, momentarily. Twitch.tv slash Gold Boys Network. Got to get my plug in, Gold Boys Discord, Gilly. Appreciate it. Do it one more time for everybody. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Gold Boys Network and the Gold Boys Discord. 
Will Hill, everybody. Thank you, sir. We're coming yeah. back. Adam Kramer, his thoughts on the bowl games today and beyond. Numbers Game, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79. Get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today. You'll also receive $20 to buy VSIN Sports Betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear in our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. It's a limited time offer, though, so sign up and get VSIN Pro access through the end of March Madness at vcin.com slash subscribe. Wyatt, did everybody get their swag, their recent store swag, or did you call Vic at all? Oh, I was supposed to give that out to people? <laughs> Son of a gun. Son of a gun. I, I, most people have gotten their stuff. They're very, very thankful, by the way. Oh, no, that, that's, I just made sure, want to make sure everybody got it. I appreciate it. I'm, it's my thanks to them. Literally the least I could do. vcin.com slash store for everybody. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, college football bowl season thus far has been, I don't know, how can you put it, janky? That's the word I'll use. Adam Kramer's got thoughts on today's games and beyond. How you doing, Adam? That's a great way to describe anything, but <laughs> it feels appropriate for the bull season. It's good to talk to you, man. You too. You too, Adam, of course, at Kegs and Eggs, also uh, Bleacher Report and VEASAN, our own uh, VEASAN.com, where he writes uh, college football pieces every single week. Um, let me just start with sort of that. I, I don't know if I'm being prisoner of the moment, to use that phrase, which is, you know, every, every previous college football bowl season, again, we, we always do the disclaimers of being amateur psychologists and which teams are going to be motivated for whatever reasons, coaches coming and going. But now we have the transfer portal, and I do get the feeling, like I was telling the story earlier, not the story, but I was, I was talking about yesterday's game where it's like Grayson McCall is transferring, but yet he's still playing, and then somehow he got Coastal Carolina a lead but got hurt, and then he was questionable. Like, everything is a is more of a, a super sleuth thing than it is an actual handicap. Have you felt that this first week plus of bowl season has been certainly its own thing never seen before? Yeah, I think historically betting on bowls has always been difficult because there's been movement even before opt-outs became a thing. Um, but even seeing like Luke Fickle on the sidelines yesterday was really bizarre. So weird for, yes. Wisconsin, for Wisconsin and wearing a headset and looking engaged and they're interviewing him, but he's not. Um, McCall was another one. Uh, you had, you know, Coastal Carolina did back the, the coach uh, in waiting, I guess at Coastal, just kind of hanging out, getting sideline shots. So it's, it's really strange. And it is uh, Wisconsin, Oklahoma State was like the perfect encapsulation of this, right? You have new quarterbacks. You've got a new coach, Raylan Allen for Wisconsin. You weren't sure if he was going to play or how much he was going to play. Is he transferring or not? Like, there's so many variables. So it does sound cliche. Um, you and I have talked about it. I, I do agree. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult to bet on some of these games. Look at Alabama, right? Bryce Young, Will Anderson Jr. are going to play. Are they going to play play? Are they going to play the whole game? Like, seriously, like that's, and I've been asking around about that and I can't get a good answer. So this is, this is what you're up against if you're betting these bowl games. Uh, You're going to play and then they're going to play, play. You got, you really got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Okay. Before we get to your thoughts on the bulls today and then beyond today, real quick, because this came up in my timeline and I think you know what I'm I'm talking about. Um, There is a sports book that has installed Shadur Sanders as the, uh, the short shot to win the Heisman. (laughs) In 2023, this this is madness, right? I uh, I couldn't help myself last night on Twitter as I saw this being passed around. 
yes, this is madness. Now, he's a really good player, okay? Like, he's a good player. There's some buzz here. I get it. Colorado's doing some really good things. I did some back-of-the-napkin uh, analysis, and I think I'd have him sixth or seventh to win the Heisman in the Pac-12, in the Pac-12 <laughs> alone, right? So I, I, I like that Colorado has some juice. I do agree that the narrative of players plays into this. But Colorado going to go from the worst team in football or one of the worst teams to a team that wins 10 games because it's going to need that more? I, I don't think so. But I love the enthusiasm. Let's do it. Who cares? It's Who cares? Late December. We're talking about next year. If, you wanna, if we want to go there, go ahead. But, my God, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't bet that. Don't even contemplate it. <laughs> By the way, Wyatt, Adam, just to, just to clarify, says Colorado has some juice. J-U-I-C-E. Just write that down. I want to make sure everybody's clear on that. Okay. Um, it's a joke for some. Let's talk about today. Let's talk about today. Let's there's there's uh, multiple bowl games again today, beginning at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this is uh, Duke in play. It's the military bowl, everybody's favorite bowl. Uh, Duke taking on UCF. Anecdotally, and again, this is just sort of what you suck in from randomly walking around and listening. Every everybody was on Georgia Southern yesterday. It felt like that didn't work out. It feels like everybody's on Duke. Where do, where do you land here with the Blue Devils' three-and-a-half-point favorites? I, I do like UCF in this game. The line has you know, been a, a pretty interesting one. It's pretty much stayed true. Uh, Duke is a team we probably didn't talk about enough during the regular season, considering what their expectations were. They were like Kansas, but they finished the deal, right? <laughs> like They were Kansas, but they didn't fall off. They had a rough stretch during the year. They lost to Kansas. But then, what, won four of their last five and pretty good against the spread. I think UCF is more explosive. They're a team that obviously had some ups and downs, but I thought the schedule for them was pretty tough, and they endured. I think if we get that UCF offense and the Gus Malzahn, you know, that we, we hope we're going to get, I think they're going to be too much in this game. But it's a, it's a tricky one. This is one I've kind of gone back and forth with the whole time, but I'll be on UCF today. Yeah, and again, disclaimer, because I know we just talked about how janky it was to use that word, so we're going to do our best to sort of uh, pre-flop, uh, give, give pre-flop thoughts on these, but all of these, and especially this next one, right? Kansas and Arkansas, the Liberty Bowl, which is 2.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. A lot of absences for Arkansas. You can't take them here. Kenya has two-and-a-half-point favorites. Or Kenya? I'm still taking them. You I'm still, still taking them. I, I, I think this line scares me, but I do think over the last couple of years, these two programs have been recruiting different players. This is a theme that I take in the bowl seasons in games like this, and also even into the playoff, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I still like Arkansas. I still think that offense can move. I think the, the magic of Kansas season kind of wore off a little bit at the end. I know Arkansas has got a lot of opt-outs and some really good ones. I don't care. I'm still on the hogs here. I'm not overthinking it. Yeah, I don't hate that that thinking either. Like, to me, it's almost like too many people, oh, Arkansas doesn't have any players. Yeah, they're still Arkansas. It's still an SEC school. Yeah. What, what about the other two games today? Uh, any thoughts on that? Because I do want to get to the uh, to the playoffs, to the national yeah. semis. Oregon, Carolina, Texas Tech, and Ole Miss. I think Oregon's going to win this game by a lot. I don't think North Carolina's that good. I think their quarterback is good. Um, I'm not going to overthink that one. I like I like Oregon in this spot. I think Bo Nix hopefully will be healthy. And then I like Texas Tech. Ole Miss is another team that's kind of leaking oil down the stretch. Texas Tech um, battle-tested. Again, opt-out's a problem on all fronts. Um, I think Texas Tech is one of those teams for me. It was good. They were good to me during the season, whether it was betting on or against. I like them uh, in this spot, plus three and a half. All right, so taking the points with Texas Tech, you are laying the 13 and 13 and a half with Oregon? You would do that? I, 
I think Oregon's going to win this game by three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be uh, ugly. Okay, I can't even remember Adam if you and I have had a chance to talk about the uh, the semis, uh, the national uh, championship semis, the playoffs on uh, New Year's Eve, which is now just three days away. Like hard to believe we're we're getting yep. there finally. So Michigan, let's start with the first one. Michigan seven and a half point favorites. It's sort of settled in at that number now against TCU. What's the thought? Well, so TCU certainly can win this game. Max Duggan is great. The wideouts for TCU, I think, are a real interesting threat. But, again, I'm going to go back to my Arkansas argument versus Kansas. If you look at the recruiting classes for these two teams, Michigan over the last four years, about 10th in the country. Um, TCU, you know, somewhere in the 40s. They're just recruit different players. And I think the kind of game that we're going to get, I don't think it's going to be as bad. But when you watch Georgia play Michigan last year, you knew within the first, like, nine minutes Georgia had a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. that, that Michigan didn't. And it feels like we could get that game. And I don't mean that as a slight to TCU, by the way. I love their quarterback. I love the story. I just think Michigan might actually be more explosive without Blake Corum, as strange as that sounds when yeah. you look at how Edwards has played. And as long as McCarthy doesn't do what he did in the first half against Ohio State, I think Michigan's going to win this game, and I think they're going to win by double digits. We had, uh, uh, referencing him again, Dr. Bob, he said they'll be just as good with Edwards uh, you know, and not Corum, and that has, in fact, been the case. I hope you're wrong about that, Adam, because I want to see a competitive game, but I fear that you <laughs> might be right. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I, TCU's an awesome story, and I hate doing this because I think it's going to be the very classic public narrative. But roster-wise, you look at it, man. Michigan is just, they're, they're built differently than TCU is. All right, we got about 45 seconds. Georgia and Ohio State. Look, I got these Ohio State futures. I'm just still clinging on. They're, they're, they're battered, but we're hanging on to them. I, I do think Georgia's secondary has some holes. And I do like the over in this game, first and foremost. Let's get this out of the way. If they can protect C.J. Stroud, I, I think Ohio State has a real chance in this game. Elements won't be an issue. Ohio State has some awesome wide receivers, and they're going to be healthier than they've been in quite some time. I don't think this Georgia defense, although statistically they were pretty good, really good, is nearly close to what we saw last year. I really like Ohio State, and I'm trying not to let my future bias inject that right. uh, those opinions into this. But I, I, I've liked them all year, and I think this team, when they're right, they're they're the best team in football. They weren't right against Michigan; they had a chance to be right here. All right. Well, I need a yes/no here. We already know Michigan can beat Ohio State. Can Michigan beat Georgia? If that happens, I think they can. Yeah, I think this is a Michigan's better, and Georgia's a little worse. So I think that'd be a heck of a game, actually, if if that were to come to that. Adam, enjoy it all. We appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you. Of course. Thanks, man. Adam Kramer at Kegs and Eggs on the old Twitter machine. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. His betting thoughts on the other side. Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points. How about that? That you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, it's sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers. That's exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We get tweets at beating the book. Mr. Saray Jack Gill, second time, long time. I guess that's second time tweeting, you mean. Coming to Vegas midweek in March uh, with a first-timer, can you recommend one of the standard shows? Will pay. I know Bill Krakenberger hates uh, those who ask for uh, freebies coming into town. Uh, If you don't mind risque language and behavior, absinthe would be my recommendation. But, you know, it's not for everybody. Uh, This is from... It's your hold music. This is from Elvis Toast Patterson. How's uh, Gil? How's Todd Wishnev's cross country tour going? It's going to end Friday at the South Point. Watching Kelly Bidlin hurling eggnog all over the producer studio. Todd is in town playing tennis, and yes, Kelly Bidlin the eggnog challenge on Friday. Ryan Thompson McCarthy talking about Mike McCarthy will absolutely have the Cowboys lay down in Week 18 to keep the Packers out of the playoffs. Wyatt, Packers and Lions definitely need the Browns to beat Washington this week. Everybody's got a thought. He won't do that. He's got a he's got a street named after him right next to Lambeau. 
So you don't think he'll do that? Uh, Scotty B726 says, I believe Fezzik follows the dream crusher theory, which would apply to the Cleveland Browns this week, the week after being eliminated and having nothing to play for, question mark. Uh, This is from Bill Hooker. If Snyder sells Washington, what's the over-under on number of season ticket sales in the week following the announcement? Five bajillion is the over-under. Does the stadium fit five bajillion? I think it does. And Rich PSM just catching up to the show. Can't believe Mad Dog didn't hedge. One third not chopping. Unbelievably foolish, but greed never takes a holiday. Talking about uh, Circus Survivor. We have some breaking news. Yes. Uh, you want to do the Kelly? Do, 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 do. Tua Tungavailoa has been ruled out for week 17. Did suffer a concussion. It will be uh, Teddy Bridgewater for the Dolphins. Teddy Bear, Teddy Bridgewater getting the start for the uh, Miami Dolphins. And again, I guess. Just from a human perspective, if we can go beyond football for just one second here on the show, it is his second time in concussion protocol. We all saw how just absolutely harrowing that first one was, and I don't think harrowing is too big of a word. And so you just hope for a kid like Tua um, for the best and that his health is, you know, the the main thing. And so, yeah, this is probably the, the way to go here. Dolphins currently on the inside of the AFC playoff picture, the Patriots on the outside looking in. The Patriots, three-point favorites at home against the Dolphins. This is uh, New Year's Day, Sunday, early window. So Tua Tagovailoa ruled out, as uh, we thought might happen, but there is the official word on that. Uh, pro tip of the hour before we get to Jason. Pro tip? Yeah, let's do a pro tip. We ready for a pro tip, Why? Sure. I'm ready if you're ready. Let's do it. Don't be so quick to buy into the knee-jerk narratives uh, like... You know, hey, the Titans and Jaguars have nothing to play for. Hey, we're all guilty of it. They don't. Uh, their playoff fate will come down no matter what to Week 18. But as Mike Pritchard was saying earlier, hey, look, there, there's reasons for these teams to want to compete. Um, Mike Vrabel's got to figure out what he's got in Malik Willis. Jaguars probably don't want to, like, get a hiccup in what has been a really great stretch for them. I think the Jaguars one sort of makes the most uh, direct sense. It's your VEASAN Pro Tip of the Hour, the searchable on VEASAN.com. We do one every hour, every show. That's at least 20 a day for VEASAN Pro subscribers only. From under a cloud of smoke somewhere in Southern California, ladies and gentlemen, it's the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, Jason Weingarten joins us. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. Enjoying the uh, the last week between New Year's and Christmas when you don't know what time it is or what day it is, but <laughs> I think it's Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday. Last I checked. Special numbers game investigation reveals it is Wednesday. Your beard No lo- NFL today. Your beard looks very quaffed, uh, Jason. Did you do a little combing of the beard today? Little- no, not really, but oh, thank you. It is oh, a nice beard. You're very welcome. Looking good. All right. You have a uh, National Football League wager that you have made pertaining to the uh, New York Jets game. What do you got? Yeah, I bet under uh, under forty two and a half there this weekend. Your reasoning, sir. It's Geno Smith. Um, you know, I like Geno Smith, but it's uh, it's quite a good defensive secondary that the Jets have. And Sauce Gardner. I don't know if you've seen the stats lately on throwing against Sauce Gardner. Amazing. Yeah. Quarterbacks aren't even looking in his direction at this point. So. I'm just skeptical that if uh, if Sauce is as good as we think he is, that Gino is uh, is going to be able to cook this weekend with uh, with the Sauce out there. I don't know. I don't know if Gino and the Sauce are going to mix. <laughs> okay, let's get to because I know uh, you were actually the first person who made me aware of that uh, executive vote in the National Football League. Twenty six executives, fifteen of whom were GMs, voting anonymously so that they could keep it uh, honest. 
on who they thought would win every award. Every award but comeback. So why don't we start with comeback before we get to that that poll. Comeback player of the year. Like, what is your best guess at this point? Do you think it's no longer Geno's? Do you think it's Saquon's? What do you think? Yeah, I can't can't really tell you because, you know, I, I think you you correctly pointed out that the Geno narrative is still, you know, strong. Yeah. But they've been fading down the stretch. But, you know, what what hasn't Geno shown you? Same thing I said about Patrick Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts is, has Geno not shown you something that he needed to show you? He hasn't been good enough, you know, being a Pro Bowl qu- quarterback isn't good enough for comeback player of the year. He has to make the playoffs or something. Um, that makes me think Gino's still the guy. Not that I would rush out there and bet it. I'm the same way. I still think he wins it. Not that I would rush out there and bet it. Let's get to the, by the way, he's mine. He's plus 175 now. Uh, exact same price as Saquon at DraftKings right now. Both at plus 175. Christian McCaffrey at plus 250. And just and last Friday. Sa- yeah. Saquon's on the record saying his own teammate should win it. So. Ah, uh, the the Nick Gates angle is what you're referring to there. I mean, nobody else thinks he's going to win, so I'm beating no. a dead horse. But he's the only guy who's actually coming back from anything. And then Derrick Henry. If you look at Derrick Henry's numbers, he played like eight games last year, came back and just played played so well this season again. It's like we kind of just overlook Derrick Henry when he rushes for 13, 13 touchdowns and 1,300 yards or whatever it is he does every year. And he he's actually had career highs in uh, – receptions, targets, and receiving yards this year coming back off an ankle injury. So for me, Derrick Henry should be that be there, you know, same as McCaffrey and Barkley and 60 to one. I've seen 75 and a hundred to one out there. You know, I think those numbers are just as good as anything Barkley's done at a hundred to one. Biggest revelation of that poll was in coach of the year where by vert by, you know, if you go by what those GMs and those other front office members were saying, Kyle Shanahan is just a tick behind Nick Sirianni for coach of the year. Now, I still believe if the, if the Eagles get to number one and they lose two or three football games, it's going to be Nick Sirianni's. But it was pretty eye-opening. And Shanahan's numbers crashed. So it's probably not bettable now. Sirianni's minus 175, Shanahan's plus 275. What is your instinct here? Shanahan or Peterson, this isn't the award for winning the most games. It's it's the award for the like most improvement. And I think Shanahan doing what he's doing with the seventh round quarterback is pretty important. But Doug Peterson, you know, the job he's doing, you know, potentially having the Jaguars win the division his first year as head coach, we should be probably looking at that a little bit more. You know, Trevor Lawrence, how come he's not getting comeback player of the year? What's he coming back from? Playing for Urban Meyer. It's just as valid as whatever Jared Goff's reason is for being there. You know, comeback is so nebulous, but no, no love for Brian Dable from you then by that same logic at 14 to one. I mean, he's there, but I, I just think Doug Peterson and Kyle Shanahan have, uh, you know, better cases at this point. For me, if I had a vote, it would probably be Shanahan or Peterson. All right. And then last thing here, because we got a minute left. I brought this up uh, earlier in the week. Brock Purdy could play a grand total of six football games, but he's the quarterback because, again, Kenny Pickett didn't do enough. He's the one quarterback in the mix. They're winning the end. They've won the NFC West. They are stacked. They haven't missed a beat with him at the helm. Mystery relevant. Is six games enough for him to win offensive rookie of the year? 
No, it would be historically unprecedented. The the other winners, you know, going back to Roethlisberger and Vince Young and everything, the the lowest amount of starts anyone had made had been like 13 starts. Typically, they start 15 or 16 games if you're the winner as a rookie. Uh, the the thing to keep in mind here is Garrett Wilson hasn't done enough. Kenneth Walker hasn't done enough. Chris. Chris Olave has been hurt. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Olave might be my bet at this point if he was healthy. Um, but none of these guys here have done enough to to not make Brock Purdy a contender. It just it would be unprecedented. So I don't think it will happen. That's the thing, right? Like none of if, if anyone else had distinguished themselves in a way, then this wouldn't even be a conversation. But he has the path. Like he he's doing everything he needs to do to win. It still might not be enough, but it's it's the path is there. If there's a bet. That's the one, if you think that six games is enough. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you later. The Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.